Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. This is Apostle Calvin Brown of Christ with Glorified Ministries, and welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. This is a a broadcast to bring you into the revelation knowledge of the kingdom of God, to to bring you into focus, amen, to see the Lord, amen, in operation, in movements, amen, in truth, amen. So that the word is not just the word, but that the word will come alive and it would show that Jesus is Lord. Amen. It would provide a place for us in his kingdom, a name for us in his kingdom. Amen. As we partake, as we partake of the Lord's ways. Amen. I want to start tonight in St. John chapter one. St. John chapter one. Verses four and five, St. John chapter one, verses four and five. It says, in him was life. Speaking of Jesus, you know, it starts out in the beginning was the word, word was God, word was with God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him without him was not anything made that was made. It says, and in him was life in Jesus, the word, and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it amen king james says comprehended it not amen so jesus is the word that created all things so we know the word proceeded from the heart of god the mouth of god god says you know let there be light amen and let there be a firmament and so the lord began to create by the word but the word was Jesus and is Jesus, and the word was and is life. Amen. So in him, Jesus, the word was life, and the life was the light of men. That is, the word light means illumination. It it is that which lights man's path to give wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So that the ways of light, the purpose of light is to dispel darkness, disperse the darkness, amen. And the darkness cannot do anything against the light, even naturally, amen. Once the light shines, the darkness has to flee, amen. The Bible says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered, amen. As God arises, amen, as the light shines forth, the darkness has to flee, amen. And so the word is life and the word is light. Amen. And it lights in it lights every man that comes into the world. Amen. It is it is the illumination. And if you're going to be illuminated, it'll have to come from the light. Only the true light. Amen. The word is called the true light. Amen. That lights every man that comes into the world. Amen. 
And it says that the darkness is not able to comprehend the light. The word comprehend means to overtake, but it also means to apprehend or to or to understand or to overtake. So darkness cannot overtake and it cannot understand God's light. Amen. So the nature of light is not understood by darkness. The Bible says Satan was a murderer from the beginning, that he's a liar, and that lying comes from him. Murdering comes from him. Amen. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his, what he is. Amen. From his own resources. Amen. So the devil is evil. He cannot be anything else but evil. Amen. The devil is wicked. He cannot be anything else but wicked. The devil is darkness. He can not be anything else but darkness. And so God able to overtake the devil every time. And so it's so important for God's people to walk in the light. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter two, Isaiah chapter two, verse five. It says, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The house of Jacob. Jacob was over the 12 tribes of Israel. So that represents the house of Israel, which represents Zion. Amen. You know, Zion is in heaven, the mountain of God. But the church reflects the mountain of God in this earth when we walk in God's ways, when we walk in his, his light. Amen. So, O Jacob, amen, it represents Israel, which represents Zion, which also represents the church. So we could say, O church, amen, body of Christ, believers, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. God's expectation is that we would only receive his light or illumination and walk in that light. To walk means to walk before him and to live according to his light. Amen. So we have an obligation to walk before the Lord. In other words, it's not like, you know, children, you know, you're with them, you know, you go to a store or something like that. Then they, little children, amen, little toddlers, they take off and start hiding in the racks of clothes and, and take off in grocery stores and you don't know where they are and, and they are pulling things off of shelves, amen, that we walk before the Lord. So when we were born again, the, we are supposed to walk before God by receiving his light and walking in the truth that the light illuminates, amen. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, 17 is talking about that we're supposed to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his glory and what is the exceeding greatness, amen, of his power to us who believe. We're supposed to walk in revelation knowledge of him, amen. The word of God reveals who he is so that we could see who we are. Amen. So God's expectation is that we would not only receive his light, but also walk in the light. So not only to be illuminated, but whatever the light shows, that's what we walk in the truth of. 
Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto thy path. Amen. And so we're supposed to walk by the light, that illumination that comes from the word of God. Illumination means reveal, reveal. Revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. It's like Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And so people speak without revelation. Some say John the Baptist, Jeremiah, you know, one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? Thou Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal it, but my father, which is in heaven. Spiritual revelation is the blessing or causes the blessing. A lot of folks say a lot of things, but it may not be revelation knowledge. Be careful what you hear and what you repeat. That is not, that is not revelation knowledge. Amen. So his light is first that we can see ourselves. You'll never be able to judge or discern a thing if you're not able to judge yourself. Amen. You, you'll never be able to discern something else if you don't receive revelation to for yourself first. Amen. So that you can judge yourself. Amen. The, the Bible talks about that they which are carnal are not able to judge a matter. Amen. That if you are carnal minded, but he that is spiritual, you're able to judge or discern all things. And so people began to put up their hands and say, yeah, that's talking about me. I'm the one that is spiritual. Amen. But not necessarily so. The Lord gave me this message because many of his people, the believers, the church, the Christians, the body of Christ, they don't operate in the spirit. They disdain the things that are of the spirit. The kingdom of God is revealed. The, the kingdom of God, your, your eyes become opened by the spirit that there is another realm. That is the realm, amen, that, that we are operating in to get the results in this earth realm. When we, when we pray, amen, when we receive visions and dreams, when we receive the prophetic word to open us up beyond ourselves, amen. If you cannot see beyond yourself, your, your world is, is small. But once your eyes are opened up to the kingdom of God, the bigness of God, amen, the bigness of his operation, the bigness, amen, even of the business of God. Jesus says, no, you're not, that I may, I must be about my father's business, amen. It is, it is likened unto Solomon, the Bible says, that a greater than Solomon is here. When the queen of the south saw the operation of Solomon's kingdom, how the people went back and forth and waited on him, the bigness of his kingdom, the riches of his kingdom. The half had never been told. The Bible says she fainted. Amen. And a greater than Solomon is here. You must be opened up to the kingdom of God. This world and the ways of this world would limit you and limit your thinking. So judgment first begins in the house of God. And judgment first began with the individual believer. Amen. And so in other words, that if individuals receivers are not receiving the light and walking in the light of the Lord, they will just be a social group, a congregation of people that actually regard the darkness as something. Amen. And they receive what is of the darkness as light. The Bible declares 
that if the light that be in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Your eye is supposed to be single, having no part darkness. The Bible says the single eye or the good eye sees according to the good. The good is what God did from the beginning, amen, when he made everything good, where the pitch of righteousness was crisp, it was clearly seen, amen, that God made everything good. No sickness, no disease, nothing was marred by the curse, nothing was marred by lies, amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, what am I saying? I'm saying God has a message to his church, amen, to come out of the darkness and to walk in the light, amen, to, to walk in the truth. Verses 31 and 32, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31 and 32. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So there's a condemnation coming on the world if they don't come to the light. And so God does not want you to be caught up in the condemnation or the damnation of those who don't come to Jesus, who don't come to the light. But check this out. The Bible says, if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. But when we are judged, amen. We are chastened by the Lord. So God is chastening those who are not judging themselves. Amen. So read the scripture again. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. Amen. But when we are judged, <laughs> we are chastened of the Lord. So God is chastening those who do not judge themselves or not able to see themselves or to discern, not able to look at their heart and determine what is right and what is what is wrong? And so God's church is operating by things that are not true. What do I mean? I mean that the world puts out dictates and mandates also. The, the world puts out statements and decrees and they call it, they call it truth. Amen. And they put out statements about social justice and diversity. They put out statements uh, about genders, how many genders it is. That in case you did not know, there are two genders, male and female. <laughs> Amen. And that's in the word of God. Amen. That's out of the mouth of Jesus himself. Amen. So if you operate by something that is not the truth, that something is called darkness. Amen. And so you can be just a good a Christian as anybody operating by something which is, which is not the truth. Problem is that it affects your relationship with the Lord. Amen. It affects um, what you call sound doctrine. It, it affects what you say is the word of God. Amen. And so you would, in a, a essence, be corrupting the word of God, perverting the word of God through your through your behavior, through your words, and through your your lifestyle. So it does matter what you do. It's it's not that you just do anything and say that it is covered by grace. Amen. So God is dealing with this. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Amen. But He's coming for a church without spot or blemish or wrinkle. Amen. 
He's coming for a glorified church, amen, whose garments are clean, amen. Would you say that Jesus did that? He, he purified us when he went to the cross. He cleansed us when we went to the cross. And that is true. But the, the issue with that is this. If you believed it, then you would walk in it. Amen. You would honor Jesus by walking in his truth. And in a place where you were weak, you would receive his strength and you would receive his grace to his honor. Amen. That, that he worked it, man. He, he, he died. He bled. He suffered. He worked. Even the Bible talks about the labor of his soul. We have no idea what Jesus suffered. We, we, I mean, we get a glimpse, amen, of what he suffered, but what he felt when he suffered it, we, we have no idea, you know. We cry, you know, when, when we have a hangnail or something like that. We, we, we talk about, oh, how terrible things are when a co-worker, amen, is cross with us, amen. Somebody talked ugly to us, amen. But Jesus paid the price, amen, for us to overcome all things by faith, amen. And so Jesus is coming for a church, so he's got to deal with any place where we are not walking in the light, where we are not walking in the truth. So at first, it must begin with us, amen. The, the, the individual, you know, I say that a lot of times that people don't know how to repent. We are, we are pride. We, we are arrogant. We are stubborn. We are, we are stiff-necked. Amen. We, we are hard-headed. Amen. We don't want to admit, amen, that we came short of the glory of the Lord. Amen. You said, God knows my heart. Yes, it's true. God knows your heart. That's why he called you to repent. Amen. So we are supposed to, by the light, remember that the light, amen, shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Jesus is life and that life is the light of man. So what does the light do? As, as we receive the light, it causes us to have self-reflection, interest inspection, amen, which means inward, amen. We go inward. We're, we're able to go inward, to discern, to contemplate inwardly, amen, that, and to discern what is, what is right and what is wrong. So self-reflection, introspection, contemplation, inward thinking, amen, or processing, our thoughts, amen, in a way where we come up with what is true, what is right. Now, what is true and right is of the Lord. And so when you judge yourself, it is not according to what you say is true, it's according to what he says is true, amen. And so when our hearts seek after the Lord, what, what is happening? Union, amen, fellowship with, with the Lord. When we, when we go after the Lord, we esteem the Lord's ways. Our hearts become one with his, with his heart. Amen. So it is the examination of one's inward thoughts. Amen. And the processes of the heart. Amen. So the Lord has called us 
to be pure. Amen. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. And so Jesus accomplished that we can walk in purity. Amen. But it is, it is a process. Amen. In Titus, the book of Titus, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Titus chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. It says, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, disqualified for every good work. Now, let me say this. Somebody says, well, I'm not abominable. Everything that is sin, everything that is wickedness that a person would walk in leads to something else. In other words, the first time that a person tries an illegal drug, for instance, is not how it would be in the end result. They may get away with it at first, but they are drawn into something deeper then they know. So sin begets sin. And when it is, when it's full blown, it's trying to produce death. It can bring you into a place where somebody may see a person and they was like, I can't, I can't understand how far downward that person has, has gone. You see somebody on drugs, you see somebody in the streets, you may have known them, amen, when their face was bright and shiny, amen, when they were lively and they, they seemed to have life, amen. So the things of darkness is progressive. It, it brings you into a place, the devil wants to bring you to a place of, of captivity where you, you feel like you can't get out of, amen. The, the gospel, that's what the gospel does. It breaks the chains of captivity, amen. Many people, they don't know to turn to the Lord until they have lost everything, until they are in a despicable position. But when it looks like things are going good, amen, woe, woe unto that person because that person may not turn unto the Lord. The veil is there. The Bible says when you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That which is not of the Lord, which people say is life, is actually vanity, is emptiness. It is shallowness. It has no substance. It has no real life. Amen. And so the, the pig pen experience, the prodigal son, that was one of the best things that could come to him for him to be so low that he came to himself. He came to his senses. Not that I want you to be in the pig pen. Not that I want you to desire to eat the pig slop. Amen. But that other part where the Bible says that he came to himself. Amen. He says, what am I doing? He says, in my father's house, there is plenty that even the servants have plenty. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father's house and say that I've sinned against you and against God. Amen. And if you would just make me a servant. And so the father 
saw him afar off and brought the robe and brought the ring and brought the sandals. Amen. The robe that says that you are a son in the house of the Lord. Amen. He was restored. Amen. And that's what God will do to you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you think how bad or how sinful your life has been. Amen. What you have delved in. Amen. The devil is a wicked devil. I'm not surprised by anything. In fact, I don't want to hear all of that stuff. Holy Ghost. Panda. Panda. My Ada. I don't hear all that stuff. I don't want to be defiled. Amen. I don't want to deal with what you were in, but I do want to provide or to be a conduit for the anointing of God, which destroys the yoke, the thing that you were yoked to. Amen. To remove the burden, to destroy the yoke. I don't want counseling sessions. I don't want to hear about multiple partners. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. Amen. Amen. I want it to be between you and the Lord in some sense. Amen. And to set the captives free. Amen. Do you want to be free? That's what I want to know. That's the question. Amen. Don't don't give me a whole deal. Amen. What you did. Mm -hmm. Amen. Do you want to be free? Amen. And the Lord will, will set you free. Amen. So let's look at this. To the pure, all things are pure. Amen. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. That doesn't mean that everything is pure to those who are pure, but they see according to the good eye, the single eye. They see everything according to purity. Amen. Or compare and contrast according to what is pure. The Bible says, what's everything's a lovely, just, honest, noble, pure. Amen. What's everything's are of a good report. Amen. That meditate on these things. So to the pure, amen, that they are able to judge a matter according to purity. In other words, you can't convince them that sin is purity. Amen. Because they see things according to the light, according to the purity, amen, and so they want to bring you into that which is right. But to those who are defiled, amen, it says, and unbelieving, amen, so unbelieving goes with defilement, nothing is pure, amen, that is it's called the evil eye, amen. That if you see things according to the evil eye, nothing, nothing is pure. Everything that God says is pure, that those who are defiled says, no, it's not. And so for them, good is evil, evil is good. Why? Darkness in the mind. Amen. Darkened. The Bible says, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are perishing, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds thereof, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Amen. So there's glory on the gospel. Amen. So the light is the light of glory. It is able to remove the darkness and to set the captives free. It is able to get you acquainted with the light, devoted to the light. It's, it's in the glory. Amen. Now, this is the thing that the Lord has shown me. He says, much of my church, and he's talking about the church, operates without the glory. Amen. They operate without the glory. The glory is the light of glory. 
that shows a thing the way that it is. It shows what the truth is. When Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus riding on a donkey, the Bible says the glory knocked him to the ground. Amen. And his natural eyes were blinded, but his spiritual eyes were open because he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? He called Jesus Lord. Amen. And he began to yield and submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Everything Jesus told him to do, he did. The Bible says that he had vision. He had a vision. And the Bible says he was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. That heavenly vision from the Lord when his physical eyes was blind, he saw a man, even a disciple of the Lord, coming to him, laying hands on him that he would receive his sight. And he added to that to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he, he was true to the Lord because of the light of glory. Amen. Illuminating him. And so his actions were according to the light, what the light showed, what the vision showed. Amen. It says that their conscience, their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works, they deny him. Amen. So I want to focus on that. So they say they know the Lord. So this is people that say that they are church folk. This is people that say that they're Christians. This is people that say they are believers. But the Bible says that it is possible to say that you are a believer and yet your mind and conscience is defiled. Amen. And so people don't even want to deal with defilement. If you don't want to deal with defilement, you don't know how to get rid of defilement. Amen. The enemy trying to put darkness in your soul and for you to choose the darkness over the light. Amen. So you are supposed to discern by the light. Amen. Defilement means that you think that you are judging. You think that you are discerning, but you're doing it by darkness. Amen. Defilement. If a person is defiled, it begins with their mind. It begins with their soul. Amen. It says that the Bible says that your soul is supposed to be pure. Amen. It produces a pure conscience, which produces a pure heart, which produces pure actions. Amen. So you see that the defilement, they profess to know God, but in works or in actions, they deny him. And they don't even know that in denying the Lord is actually a, an abomination. In other words, you, if you receive what the world says is light, a wokeness, amen, you don't even know that is not a light thing. It is not only producing defilement, but it is an abomination unto the Lord, amen. If the Lord would say to your face, that which you are doing is an abomination to me. Amen. Would that affect you? Amen. Would that change your actions? Amen. You would have to receive the light which is of the Lord. Amen. So the Lord has called us to be pure. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay. The Lord has called us to be pure. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. But it begins with the soul or the mind. I'm not going to go into all that, but the soul, the seat of your soul is where the mind is. It's where you make decisions and choices. Amen. It's where there's so much activity. The soul is very close 
to the heart so that if a thing is entrenched in your soul, it could get into your heart. Your heart is is where your commitments, your convictions are. Amen. So your actions come out of the things that you are convinced or have convictions in your heart. Amen. And so if you're just living, you may not even know why you do what you do. Amen. That your heart, your soul is supposed to be pure. It produces a pure conscience. Amen. A pure heart and pure actions. Amen. But if your soul is defiled, that's what I just read in 1 Titus chapter 1, 15 and 16. It says you deny the Lord in your deeds or your actions. So it produces wrong actions out of defilement. Amen. That's why, you know, you just, we say renew the mind. Amen. The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. So the word of God is a living word. So when we're talking about renewing your mind, it's not just um, um, mindlessly reading the word, but the Holy Spirit is on the word. He's doing something to you. Amen. He is convicting you. Amen. As you read that word, amen. If, if the Bible says husbands love their wives, amen, and you spend all your time fussing at your wife or despising your wife or, or seeing her in a wrong way different than the word of God says, then if you read the word and if you have the Holy Spirit, the Lord would not let that thing go. Amen. He would not let it lie. Same thing with the wife. If she's doing something and she's not submitted or whatever, if the word is a living word, that means the Holy Ghost is on the word. Amen. Amen. So when you read that word, it's supposed to prick your heart. Amen. It can even break your heart. Amen. That Did you know that there are times, amen, when it's okay to cry before the Lord because you, you are outside of his ways or his will, and you don't know how to get there. Amen. Did you think that the Holy Spirit would just leave you in that state? Amen. If your desire is to do right, and you're a born-again believer, your desire is supposed to be to do right because you have the heart of God. Amen. You want to do right. Amen. You can't just leave it. Amen. Then the Lord will deal with you. The Bible says the hand of the Lord will be upon you for good. Amen. You build the house by the hand of the Lord being upon you for good. And unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Amen. Shallowness, emptiness, no substance, no life. <laughs> Amen. So a defiled soul produces a defiled conscience, which produces a defiled heart and defiled actions. Amen. So God is talking to the church. These words are in the, the, the New Testament. Amen. Even if you can see similar things in the Old Testament, but I'm purposely using many scriptures in the New Testament so that we can deal with our heart. Amen. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, Verse 22, 1 Peter 
chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So we see it begins in the soul again. The, the, the soul, amen, the mind, the, the, the thoughts, amen, what you esteem as true in the soul first, seeing you have purified your souls. How do you purify your souls? By obeying the truth, not just obeying the truth, through the Holy Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So purifying the soul produces purifying the heart. Purifying the souls, it produces a pure heart, which produces actions of love. Amen. It, it, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we said the illumination is by the Holy Spirit. The illumination of the word is by the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit illuminates what is right, amen, when you obey the Spirit, you obey the truth through the Holy Spirit. What's your motivation? Sincere love for the brethren. Now, Paul says to Timothy, the purpose of the commandment is love, sincere love. Amen. The purpose of the commandment is sincere love. And so that's where we're trying to get to. Did you know all the stuff that you do, amen, that if it's not motivated by the Holy Spirit, your love may not be sincere. I'm talking about all your actions as a Christian, amen. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying your truth through the Holy Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. The Bible says that you're supposed to do good first to the household of God. Amen. So sincere love for the brethren. Amen. That some of us may not be loving the brethren correctly. Amen. Those that are of the household of faith. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit will help you to obey the truth, amen, it is as he reveals it in the word of God. So I want you to see that purification, it starts with the soul, amen, since you have purified your souls and defilement, it begins with the soul, amen. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled, nothing and unbelieving, nothing is pure, amen. So, the, the soul affects the heart, and out of the heart comes actions. Amen. Two things comes out of the heart. Out of the heart comes words. You know, you guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. And so you, you be careful. The Bible says, by your words, you're justified, and by your words, you are condemned. Amen. So, how does it work? What's the process? It begins in the soul. The soul has to be purified, seeing that you have purified your souls through the obeying of the truth, through the Holy Spirit. Love the brethren with a sincere heart, a pure heart. Amen. And love one another fervently. 
Amen. It begins with the soul. You purify the mind, you purify the soul that affects the heart. Out of the heart comes your actions. Amen. The things that you are convinced of, you will act on. Amen. You will act on desires. Amen. They will either be good desires or bad desires. That which is of the Lord, that which is not of the Lord, that which is of the kingdom of God or that which is of the kingdom of darkness, you will act on those desires. Amen. A desire of the Lord. God will give you the desires of your heart. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 <clears throat> verses 8 through 20. Matthew chapter 15 verses 8 through 20. Jesus says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. So that is together. So let's let's look at that. In vain, what I said, vain. Vain is associated with the pursuits of this world without the Lord. Ecclesiastes, all is vanity of vanities, emptiness. No real life in it, life under the sun without the Lord, without being connected to the Lord. So he says, and in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called a multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered, Jesus answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Why was Jesus talking this way to uproot? Amen. The Bible talks about, I believe, that prophet Jeremiah, part of his calling was to to pluck up, to uproot, amen. John the Baptist says, the ax is laid to the root, <laughs> amen. You got to deal with the root. So they're either planted by God or not. So the scribes and Pharisees, they were offended, amen. So Jesus says, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus says, are you also still without understanding? Do you not understand whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hand does not defile a man. So the scribes and Pharisees were offended that Jesus transgressed the traditions of the fathers or the disciples. They went through a field and ate grain with unwashed hands. And these were, that's the tradition that the scribes and Pharisees washed often, the Bible says, and they had made it into part of their tradition part of their religion. 
Amen. They had made it into part of their worship. And Jesus says it was empty. It was as far from him. Amen. And he says, he explains what defiles. He says, you're talking about food, man. Food is natural. It passes through. That can't, that doesn't defile. Amen. The Bible says, whatever we eat, give thanks. Amen. And the Lord will bless and sanctify the things that we eat. Amen. But he's talking about what goes into the heart. Now, I, I tell my kids, I tell anyone, sin progresses. Amen. So Jesus says that if you look at a woman to lust at her, then you have committed adultery in your heart. Amen. Sin progresses. Sin begins with a seed of a thought. Amen. And that seed, it when it when it latches hold, amen, it gets it captures the mind. Amen. And so when something becomes as if it is rational or reasonable or makes sense to the mind, then the heart will act on it or can act on it. Amen. So that's how sin, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about process. A person may not start off with a murder, but he may start off with a thought. He may not start off with adultery. He may start off with a thought. He may not start off with fornication. He may start off with a thought, theft, false witness, blasphemies, or what defile a man. So when that proceeds out of his mouth as a conviction, amen, and then he acts upon it or, or and acts upon it, that is what defiles. So it begins with the soul, amen, to the defiled, nothing is pure, amen, to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, for even their mind and conscience is defiled. Amen. So what is the Lord doing? He's speaking to the church that if you esteem something that is not the truth. I, I, I preached a while back that that becomes a stronghold because that is a place of operation that the devil can operate. Your body is not yielded to righteousness. Your body is now a slave. Amen. To do what the devil wants you to do. But the Lord says he has made you free. You don't have to choose to do, but things become hard in your mind. You have to be delivered. You have to be cleansed. You have to be purified. Seeing that you have obeyed the truth, amen, by the Holy Spirit, amen. You have to obey the truth, amen. You have purified your souls by by obeying the truth through the spirit to sincere love for the brethren. So your actions get right when your soul is purified, your, your, your heart is right, and your body acts right, amen, out of the purified soul. It's a process. You got to know how, how a thing works, amen. So Jesus says that which comes out of a man's heart, amen, that comes out of his mouth. Amen. He says their hearts are far from him. So these are people in today's vernacular. It would be a, a surface. It would be a surface Christian. Amen. You have replaced the, the holy things of God with the unholy things of the devil and the unholy things of man. But you have packaged it in your traditions and you have packaged it 
in your religion. Amen. That's what the Bible talks about. Pure religion, undefiled, to visit the widows and orphans in their, in, in their needs. Amen. And keep yourself, get this, unspotted from the world. Amen. That spotting of the world is in the mind. See, the everyone that sees a person, they just see a person. That person is okay. A lot of stuff can be going on with that person. Amen. The Lord knows every intimate detail about you. Amen. If your thoughts have not been right, amen, it could lead to defilement. It could lead to you it defiling the heart and you acting on those things or joining with those things. The Bible says they think it's strange that we don't join them in the flood of dissipation. Amen. That the people of the world think it's strange that you don't join them in the flood. Amen. That that word is on purpose. That flood of dissipation is talking about like the, the flood of Noah's day. Amen. When they were overtaken suddenly, though Noah was preaching for 100 years and Enoch was preaching during the same time. Get it right. You better get it right. It's going to be a, a rain. It's going to be a flood. Amen. You need to be in the ark. Amen. Got it. Hold on. Manda. No. Why are so many? You better get in the ark. Man, I heard my wife say that recently. Holy Ghost, you better get in the ark. I hear the Lord saying that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better. You better get in the ark. You better be saved from this untoward generation. Amen. Repent and to be saved. You are different from the world. You're separate from the world. You say, well, I don't, I don't look or act very different from the world. Your, your consciousness, your soul needs to be purified, amen, so that your heart and your actions can line up with the Lord, amen, that Jesus is coming for a glorified church. And so the church is, is pushing, pushing the glory out. They're pushing the Holy Ghost out, amen. Second Timothy, second Timothy, <laughs> I'm going to try to speed it up. There's, there's a couple more points that the Lord wants me to get to the church. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, <clears throat> verses 4 through 9. It's talking about the last days. I'm not going to go through all of them. You know, it says there will be traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So this this church, today's church, is they are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. It says, from such people turn away. So they're all about form. They're all about um, lights, amen, and, and lasers and, and smoke shows, amen. They, they are all about entertaining, amen. They're all about dancing. They're, they're all about theatrics, amen, having a form. 
of godliness, but no power in the house. So you 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 gotta fool the folk. If you ain't got no power in the house, you have to fool the folk. You have to entertain the folk. It says, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they're not living by revelation, but they can deceive, especially women, they say. Amen. Silly women loaded down with sin, cared about with various lust. He says in verse eight, now as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also will. So God has a promise to to manifest or to show that this is vanity, folly, emptiness. Now, let's look at this very quickly. Jonas and Jambres were magicians in Pharaoh's court. How did they resist Moses? God had given Moses true signs and wonders. Amen. He gave them, told them to throw the staff down, the rod down. It became a snake. Pick it up by the tail. It became a staff again. Put your hands in your bosom and pull it out. It became lepers. Put your hand back in. Amen. Then it was the leprosy went away. Amen. Gave him the ability to turn water into blood. Amen. So so what, what is the evil? What did Jonas and Jambres do? They resisted Moses concerning the truth. So Moses had true signs and wonders. And they magicians had lying signs and wonders. That's where the church, this is where the Lord is trying to get the church out of. Lying signs and wonders. What were the lying signs and wonders? They were magicians, which means that they entertained. Their main job was to entertain Pharaoh with tricks, <laughs> illusions. People thought that stuff was real. People think magicians are real. <laughs> Amen. What do they do? They, they fool folk with illusions, which are lies. Amen. So that is how Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses concerning the truth. Moses came with true signs and wonders to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And so Pharaoh would not do it. Why? Because lying signs and wonders were produced. But there came a point where they could not produce the signs and the wonders. God just kept doubling down on signs and wonders, doubling down on signs and wonders till they got to the place they said, this is none other than the finger of God. That's the same thing Jesus says. If I cast out devils by the finger of God, then is the kingdom of God come unto you. The kingdom of God came in that situation. The power of God came. Amen. And so the Lord is trying to get power back into the church. They resisted Moses with theatrics and entertainment. What is the church doing today? That the, the real is not in the church very much because it is filled up with entertainment and theatrics, 
with no power of God. And it is resisting Moses, which is the, the lawgiver or the truth of the word, resisted the word. Jesus is the word. They are resisting Jesus. Amen. I want you to see this also very quickly in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, <clears throat> verses 24 through 30. Luke chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. Very quickly, I know my time is spent. It says, when the messengers of John the Baptist had departed, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Amen. It says, and when the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by John the Baptist. What did you go out to see? And this is the, the question that we ask you when you go to church. What you go to see? They went out to see John the Baptist, a reed shaken in the wind. Amen. And so they, they went out for a show. They, John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus, which is bringing the kingdom of God to men. Yet they were surface people. Amen. They came to see how he, he shook. Amen. He says, what did you go out to see? Amen. Somebody that was gorgeously clothed. Amen. Matthew said that in soft clothing. No, John the Baptist had rough clothing. Amen. That he had a, a, a coat of camel's hair. He had a leather belt. He was a type of Elijah. Amen. What did that rough clothing show that he was not a part of this world? He was in the wilderness crying out in the wilderness. He did not look like the other folk. He did not sound like the other folk. What did you go to see? You want to see the people in the fine suits. Amen. Men in fine suits and jewelry and rings. Amen. That, that's what you came to see. You came to be entertained. Amen. Not to receive the power. Amen. Which shows that the kingdom of God is come. Amen. When you cast out a devil, the kingdom of God is come. Amen. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of God is come. Amen. When someone is healed, amen, by the power of God, the kingdom of God is come. And so that's what the Lord put on my heart. He says, what did you come out in the wilderness to see? What, 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 what did you come to church for? Did you come to be entertained or did you come to receive of the power of God? Amen. Is there any power in the church? Amen. Is there any ability, amen, to deliver someone whose soul has been defiled? 
Amen. Is there any ability to set the captives free? Is there even a healing line? <laughs> Amen. Is, is there an altar call not to just make you cry? Some people feel like they've succeeded when they made you cry emotionally. Not just to make you cry, but to set the captives free to bring you into the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was bringing folk into the kingdom. He preached the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom. Amen. He's going to get you there. Amen. If you receive on this earth, we'll get you to heaven. Amen. By the power of God. Amen. Not denying, not having a form of God, but denying the power thereof. Father God, we thank you for that word. Hallelujah. Blinden adia umbundara kusi lo forma dare candere vormandrosa baris wandara forma si adafani mo malande si vuboraba sabalamana. I heard somebody say that they have never known what I've been speaking of. They never seen the new because they've only known the old. The Bible declares about the new wine that when people that they taste it, they taste the old wine, they don't desire the new because they say the old is better. So the answer is to taste and see that the Lord is good. You, you must be able to taste of the goodness of God. Amen. Moses said that he did not want to go farther unless the Lord's presence went with him. Amen. He says, to show me your ways. Amen. And so God put Moses in the cleft of the rock and he calls his glory to pass by him, his presence to pass by him, which was called his goodness. That's what you have to taste of. It's a supernatural taste. Amen. It is a supernatural kabbola partaking, a supernatural. You must partake of the supernatural. You must crave the presence of the Lord. You must crave the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. You must crave, ha, 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 the fire of the Lord. Hallelujah. Our God is a consuming fire. Unless you're holding on to the things of the world, hallelujah, then his fire purifies. Amen. Holy Ghost. His fire, Shitorobosh, roots out. Hallelujah. The, what the devil took years to sow into you, the fire God can root it out instantaneously in Jesus' name. Amen. You said this is different. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. You must be filled, Rabbath. With the desire of the Lord, you must let that which is not of the Lord go. You, you must cease, and this is radical, entertain in entertainment. You must cease going after those things of pleasure that are not the Lord. The, the Lord is not going to compete, hallelujah, with you, Kaya until you want him. So our God is a consuming fire. He burns up everything that is not of him. He will purify your souls, amen, which will purify your heart, 
which will allow you to see the Lord. You cannot see the Lord except through the glory. Amen. So, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch your people with your fire, that you would touch your people with your glory, that you will give them the desire, amen, to taste and see that you are good. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.